Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Brendan Hauser with Evoke Bike. Welcome to Bike Radio, the Dirty Kitten Gravel Edition. So Tom's going to kill me. I'm going to give him a heart attack. He's been helping me to get some better lighting going on here. The one thing we didn't put into the equation is what happens if it's 5.30 a.m. and it's there's no light outside. So, yes, we are continuing to try and work on the audio quality, the lighting, the camera work. Don't have shadows over your face, but they cut my hair too short and I want to rock this AeroFit cap. So... If you've never been to Bike Radio, this is the quicker show that touches on topics that come up with Evoke Athletes, questions that you guys email to me, aspects of my own training and racing, so I'm only N of one, take this and try it, or listen to the pros and the professional coaches and the world tour athletes and Olympians that come back on the podcast we post on Monday. So if this is your first time here, this is just one person sharing examples from a lot of different athletes and myself. Take it and run with it. We're going to have one of the fastest people in the United States coming on the podcast. Uh, well, I recorded the podcast. We're going to post it in September. And a, a couple times he talks about bro science. And I really do think that we are losing touch sometimes with experience from athletes that have done this for a long time. And that is a threat on this channel. I try and take info from people that are successful in the sport and boil it down to how as amateurs can we use that and I just I want to put that out there because so many times in forums someone will have something really good to say and Joey chimes in with but where's the study to prove that if you're new to endurance sports there is not a study to prove everything there's not a study that shows a five-hour bike ride is beneficial there's a lot of information and data that alludes to it but Maybe with Zwift now, we'll have more people doing like 25-hour weeks in a lab, which sounds terrible, but some people do enjoy that. But just listen to what these athletes have to say, and if you can apply it to your own training, great. If not, then, you know, just keep rolling. Um, so a few housekeeping items or quick hits. This is the more of the bike radio version first, and then Dirty Kitten Gravel so awesome to see so many people in Winston-Salem at the crit. People are like, yo, dude, the podcast, this helps. That is so motivating to us because I share your comments with the other coaches of, yo, I've been reading Landry's blog. Yo, I watched Will's videos. Yo, your little recaps that aren't just about Watts have helped me you know, shift my mindset. That stuff helps us, not only encouragement, but what is resonating with you and helping you evoke your best self, your best version of yourself on a bike. So thank you for the shout outs. Thank you for saying what's up. We are really trying to build an IRL community away from the podcast. So if you're not in the Discord, get in it and under locations where I live, there's it's just a text block put where you live and then i'll add you to the map and the map is mega and global and it's pretty amazing to see all these people out there so then if you're going somewhere you can hit somebody up and be like yo what's the best route yo you seem cool you want to grab, grab a coffee also um another sort of irl thing that we've been doing that we dropped the digital collectible with the vo2 max pack back in i can't remember when we did this months ago many months ago and i said hey we're gonna do some cool stuff with this down the road Somebody said, this is a scam. I'm like, you're getting a VO2 max pack of information for 15 bucks and I'm giving you a free collective. What's a, how is this a scam? Like the NFTs are a scam. I'm not going to say NFT because I know people hate those. So we're, we invited all those people along with some athletes out to Blowing Rock for a weekend. And a guy emailed me. He said, I don't get it. I don't get the catch. I said, no, dude, you, you bought this. Like we want you to come out and I've you know been following you in the discord. It would be rad to get a ride in and we're going to have a pizza party at my house and let's do it. And he said, 
how do you make money on this? <laughs> uh, we don't. We lose money on this. That's not the sole purpose of this. So when people call me on bull of trying to build an in real life community, we're doing things like that. And that's going to connect to something I want to talk about to the YouTube people who are watching. That's why I said we got some housekeeping things. Some people have asked me for, um, and it's usually the people that do the super thanks. Thank you so much for donating to the channel because there is a massive amount of free content that I always want to be free. I want Evoke to help people get faster, period. If you listen to the other video, I've had a lot of other issues off the bike in my life that cycling helped to course correct. And if I can leave cycling for us amateurs in a slightly better place when I am gone from this world, that will be a huge win. That's a huge motivating driver for me here. People who have done super things said, hey, can we get exclusive content? Why don't you have membership tiers? I think this would be really cool. I want to hear from the people. If we did something similar to the NFT group where it's like, hey, if you're a super supporter, we're going to have this camp for you. That is free. Technically not free because you'd be a member. But you get what I'm saying. Do you want more live videos? Do you want more open forums? Member only content? I don't know about that. But like behind the scenes footage, Josh Noggle still says you need to put out more what you eat in a day videos because we've talked, we talk a lot. And he said, I think people would be just interested in what you crush because you eat clean, but you eat a lot and you still eat a lot of carbs, but you're like pretty balanced. I don't know, things like that that I don't think deserve a video on YouTube or need to be on YouTube. What else would you want? Um, I understand what we would put in the $2 a month tier. I get what we'll put in the $4 a month tier. But if there's a $20 a month tier, I want to make sure you feel like you're getting um, value from that because that is... It's not a moneymaker for us. Let's put it that way. And not a moneymaker. We make $0 on the shirts. Thank you guys who have been purchasing the shirts. We're coming out with weirder designs because I don't want a shirt with bikes and bike chains and spokes. And that's cool if you're into that. You can get enough of those, I feel like, at a bike race. But we've sold enough of them that now the company is like, hey, you can make more money on these. I'm like, great. Instead of that, lower the cost. So they're only 20 bucks now. And we're going to try and keep that across the board as long as we keep the volume up to the threshold we have to hit. Whew, a lot of things going on. The new kits, if you didn't see them on Instagram, these are insane. Landry pushed me to make a space slash nebula kit and LEL has absolutely crushed the design. If you didn't see the picture, I think it was in a story. I'll post it again. The store is probably going to be open in a week. These are for anyone that rocks with Evoke. You do not have to be on our team. You do not have to be on our race team. You can register as an Evoke bike racer on the USA Cycling if you want. Uh, the only rule is don't be a turd. Don't be a jerk. Don't be someone negative. That's the only person we don't want to roll with. If you are a positive person, if you like the podcast, if you like the content, we make, again, $0 on the kits. I want you to get the, if you buy those bib shorts, they are normally, I think, $160 plain. Last time they were, what, $110? we are trying to save you as much money to get sick gear because I know you buy a couple kits and it's like, dude, did I spend $600 on kits? No, you'll spend less. So those are going to be awesome. And then we're going to talk about macro tracking. I got back into tracking macros. Okay, two quick bike radio things that I think are really important. Talking about rest weeks and talking about mega riding. More people mega ride now than ever, I think. I think gravel, I think now that we see each other on Strava doing it. I was told in 2010, the biggest quote I always remember, 
I used to ride to this group ride, do the group ride, want to ride extra. And someone said, your races aren't more than four hours. You shouldn't ride more than five hours. And I was like, that just doesn't make sense. But I listened to people for a while. Thank you, Jason, though. He always let me do some six-hour rides. There are people doing some mega things, eight-hour rides, 10-hour rides. Here's what I think is interesting about rest weeks after mega blocks. And Freddie, who helps me with the editing, put that as the chapter, rest weeks after mega blocks. Had an athlete. He does big bike packing. He also does normal gravel. Him and our other friend went out and had in his second week of training. So after this week, he was going to have another week of training and then a rest week. Second week of training, they finished it off. It was on paper going to be five hours, 10 hours, 10 hours. I think it ended up being six hours, nine hours, seven hours. Either way, tons of riding. They were both pretty shredded on Monday. I had put in for Monday, Tuesday, definitely easy recovery rides are off the bike. Wednesday, let's talk and test the waters. Here's the thing, though. I've And this has been written into me, and I've seen this from other athletes that, that do some mega, mega. When they're coming off that mega and they do those first two rest days, sometimes somebody's been like, hey, can I just do a couple more rest days and call that my rest week? I would say no, and here's why. Because if you go and absolutely destroy yourself so much that you have to have two days off because you are wrecked, that's more your body coming back to baseline, like trying to get like baseline of in training. That's not really resting. That's not allowing your body to super compensate from all the training you've done. Your body is in 911 in the infirmary, like, yo, get me back. What I think is better, and I told these guys, if you can start riding, ride easy on Wednesday. They do a lot of hours. I'm like, go shorter, go three hours. If you ride 12 hours, do an hour and a half on Wednesday. And then Thursday, get back to your training. Friday, take a day off and then smash out the weekend. And then you can finish your next week of training and then go into your rest week. You do want to take that rest week. You're going to have so much from fatigue from that block. Still take the rest week. Said differently, if I lost you a little bit in that, take a look at the block as a whole as opposed to week to week. Because I know myself as an addicted cyclist, I see three easy days. I'm like, oh, this is basically almost a rest week, right? I'm good. I really think you want to recheck yourself on that. And when in doubt, more rest is better than none. And I love that I rode myself into the ground earlier this year. I'm actually seeing some great fitness benefits, but it's because I stopped doing that. I could not race that way. And it was a really good lesson of and good reminder, feeling like I can talk to somebody about riding too much because it had been a while since I rode too much. I do ride a lot, but that was just, I should have stopped at one point. And then when I used it for other coping mechanisms, it it just took over. So with that, take the rest week uh, after your mega block. So it's not really a rest week after a mega week. It's a rest week after the mega block. Get back into training. Just always make sure you feel good. Listen to yourself. Talk to your training buddy about it. And then my last quick comment before we get into Dirty Kitten. I rode with a guy who's a beast. Shout out Nick at the Boone Grand Fondo. And I'll do recaps from those races later, but this video is going to be long enough as is. And he had made a mention, hey man, I watched some of your videos. I've been really taking hard the aerobic training this year. And this guy, he's a big dude. He's my size. He's probably got a few more pounds than me. And we're on the first climb. Shout out to Liam Flanagan who roasted this thing. 
I definitely became detached from him early. I was like, I cannot match that pace right now. And he, I closed the gap, but uh, Liam he handily took that KOM. And I'm right. I'm second in the group. The grand finals just started. There were some fast dudes there. And this guy, Nick's like right next to me. I'm like, damn, dude. Okay, this guy is rolling. We rolled up 221 with people who know it is a much shallower climb. It's at some points like two, it's not a climb. It's, and he is just like on the gas. I'm like, damn, dude, you have a motor. They said, oh, I've been doing a lot of VO2 max, a lot of endurance. It's working for me. I said, well, do you have that kick though? And he said, well, the races that I'm doing, these long gravel races, it's a few attacks and then it's just motor. And I said, now it is. But when you get to the next level and when you keep climbing, here's one thing that I do. This should maybe it will be a podcast on its own because this is going to get lost in the whole episode for some people. When I was racing on a team and doing local races, my job was attack try to get away, get in a break, and then just ride threshold for a really long time. And a lot of times, because I had teammates chasing, following, this is not me, this is the team, we would get the win. I would be the person that crossed the line first, but the team made that happen. But what that screwed up in my mind was, oh, this is how I'm gonna race, and this is how I'll win races. And then I race faster people, and you go to a race with 50 really fast people, 100 really fast people. Guess what? That doesn't work because number one, you don't get away. Number two, riding at threshold for 45 minutes is not fast enough when 50 fast people are chasing you. The reason Nick is finding success in that now is because the people around him just aren't at his level. He's just that much better than them. So I said, the, the reason I'm sharing this is, dude, you got to make sure you can match the surges, which he couldn't later because when you come and you race me and all my friends and I might try and get on a team next year and you go to like New York State Road Race, there's a, re- a lot of fast people that, or you go to this road, always be looking at what are the what's my racing tactics and skills gonna be like when I get to the next level or there's more really fast people because we can screw ourselves up in what's giving us victory in one type of race could be our demise in the other. So Nick, I'm not picking on you. Nick's Nick's a good dude. I hope we get to ride again. He's actually not too far away from here. Focus on the balance. You got to have the go hard intervals. You got to have the racing. There's no training like racing. You can't do it all the time, but you need to get those races in if you want to race well. And that's one thing I just have always thought about when I want to get into just riding threshold or a couple hard efforts and getting away. That might work if I'm in a group of people that just God didn't make them as fast. When I go and try and race up with people that are much, much, much faster than me, and there are a lot of those people, I'm going to get clobbered. So find the balance. This video, is this already a video? This is 15 minutes. You know what? We're going to come back with Dirty Kitten in another video, I think. Ah, you know, I'll run through this. This will be a longer one. Okay. Dirty Kitten Gravel. Crashing, ketones, flatting, the kitty crusher, tubeless, food, and tactics. Let's start with tactics, actually. So Jeremiah Bishop was there. Everyone knows him as a mega, mega, mega mountain bike ripper. Uh, Jay Shacklebrisky. Uh, man, sorry, this race was a few weeks ago. So I'm d- drawing a blank on some of their names. This was going to be a tough course because it had a little bit of everything. It had some double track. It had some fast ascending on gravel, on some loose gravel. Jay actually made the comment of how it was a technical course. I In his Instagram post... I would say there was some mud. You definitely had to know how to pick some lines. So 
I think a good tactic for that, I am not going to be able to hang in anything technical with Jeremiah. So number one, can I get in front of him at some points and maybe ride at a good clip, but so he's not making my head explode? Number two, any mountain biker there is going to be out, out handle me. I'm the roadie and I do not have great off-road skills. And before I crashed myself out, I was actually gonna ask Jeremiah, yo, rate my MTB skills. I think since I crashed, I get a two. But um, one thing is, this was a lapped course. So we went around four times, use the first lap to see the course. I tried to ride the first part of the course to get a sense of what was coming. And that was really beneficial, but use the laps. If you don't have laps, try to gain as much information beforehand as possible. But the one question I kept asking myself is where am I going to be slow and how do I avoid that? Where am I slower than other riders? There was one corner. If you went to the left side, the gravel was super chunky. The right side was super fast. It's okay to make that mistake on the first lap. You didn't see it, but on the last lap, guess what? People are going to rail that corner and gas it. And if you're in the chunky stuff, you might get dropped. So just always ask yourself, where am I going to be slow? Now, speaking of crashing, I just lost focus. You got to be focused all race. We all know that. And what happened was the road kind of dog leg to the right. And then it wasn't a super sharp left. It was just kind of like, and it was, I don't even want to say it's off camera. Kind of just like dipped down and went left. So we're coming around to the right and Jeremiah's on my left. And mountain bikers, if you've ridden with them, they kind of like hop sometimes on the bike. And he like jumped across to the right to then bang this left. And the heat was getting to me a little bit. And all of a sudden he did this move. Roadies, I don't know many roadies that do this. And my brain was like, whoa, what did he just do? What was that? And he starts turning. I'm like, whoa, turn. And I turned and just wiped out. Just, I just got discombobulated. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. The other thing I later learned, I had an issue with my right brake and my right brake went out halfway through the race and I think it got soft. So another thing that I'm thinking is as I turned and the bike wasn't slowing down, unconsciously I was like, more brake? And I might've just pulled the front brake even more and that would've just wipe out. Crashed, Jeremiah waited. I mean, I hopped back on super fast, but he didn't do anything silly and kudos to that. I wouldn't expect that from a guy like him, but it's always nice when the guy who can beat you is still waiting for you so he beats you the right way. I then flatted. I was really bummed. I was actually about to try and attack you, Jeremiah, because I had a hydration pack and this was gonna be another gravel thing. So this guy waits for me, right? I'm like, damn, now I can't. If he stops for bottles, I wasn't gonna stop. I'm carrying this thing and it's not for good looks. It's because I wanna go fast. So I'm like, well, I can't attack on this lap because that would just be jerk. Um, and so I was going to wait and my attack spot was going to be after where I had flatted. But now I was trying to plan like, okay, a couple laps down. How does this all play out? And I figured because if I attacked him before the feed zone, he wouldn't have a chance to ask me, hey, can we stop? <laughs> hey, if you wear a hydration pack, you're rolling. It was 100 degrees. There's definitely a penalty for that. And I was going to make him stop and catch back on because after the feed zone, there's a three minute climb that if I go full gas, he's really got to go full gas, make him burn that match. So the interesting thing though, with the heat, I was taking a lot of the ketones. I actually took four bottles this ride and I asked the guys from Delta G and the girls from Delta G. I more talk to Brian all the time. So excuse me for that. But there's a lot of people behind this. I said, is there any studies on heat and ketones? Because when the heat was pummeling me, 
I would take the ketones and that focus came back and it almost made me forget about how hot it was. And he said, no, this is really interesting feedback though. I don't know if they've ever looked at this. I'm really curious, is there any like thermoregulation or anything that happens with ketones when we take them in heat? I'm definitely going to keep trying that. Um, yeah, it was just really anecdotally, really interesting experience. Flatting, oh, man, hit this rock. And I, I, the first lap through, I was like, ooh, this could be kind of dicey at one point. Flatted. I have been running tubes. I've had so many problems with tubeless over the years that I did tubes. And it's funny. After this race, I decided to go tubeless. The tires are apparently defective and they're wobbling. So I need to get new tires now. It's, again, tubeless. Just a pain in my ass. If you flat, don't stress out. Stressing out is only going to make this take longer. Now, I had crashed first, so my hands were bleeding. They have healed by now. But the blood was coming back, and taking the, putting the tire back on was not comforting. The CO2 inflator did not work. I have two that are really good for whatever dumb reason. I had the not great one in this bike bag. And I luckily left my frame pump in there. So at this point, it's taking me about six minutes and I'm the CO2 is not working. The aid station is too far to walk to. Pull out the hand pump. Third and fourth come flying by. I'm like, okay, just chill out. Get enough air in there. And I'm like, you know, if there's an aid station, I'm going to ride up and get a real pump. So I got on the bike, got the aid station, pumped it up. And then it's just TT mode. Get the tire on. It took me, I think, eight or nine minutes total. Stay calm. Don't get frazzled. Because also, I had just been hammering with Jeremiah Bishop. My hands were like, I was like a little out of it. It's hot. You're in the sun. Just keep yourself calm. There's all those keep calm and everything. Yeah, keep calm and everything. Uh, this isn't really gearing matters. Kitty Crusher. I had read that it was 20% and I've gone up 20% climbs. What I did not think of was there was grass and loose dirt. I got up at once chasing Jeremiah. When I was by myself... Uh, after I flatted the second two times, there were other people on the climb a couple times. So even if you wanted to try and send it and maybe paperboard, there was none. There's no way to do that. You would have had to like dart a straight arrow through. Had I had more gear, I have a 39.34. Not enough, and I know that it's not enough. But I don't have the long. That's I think the longest that I can run with this Shimano derailleur. Blah blah blah. Just a quick note, gearing matters, your tire selection matters for gravel. If you're coming from road into gravel, there's other things you're going to think about. Talk to other people about those items. Also, my back was so wrecked because I'm running 40 PSI with tubes. That's another reason I am going to go tubeless because right now in my head, I'm like, go back to tubes. No, I got to go tubeless so I can run 30, maybe even a little less. I don't think I can get away with that being 80 kgs. And eating, nutrition. This started at what time? Mm, eight, seven. Either way, I only had, I slept longer than I usually do. I was just tired from the heat the day before. I only ate two hours before the race. I usually always try and get three hours in. I didn't feel that great. I could tell that I ate too close to the race for me. And I was trying, I don't overthink these things. I'm like, just shut up and you got to ride. Like you're here. This is what it is. But I took a note that maybe I should have gone more liquid, sugary carbs I did the oats and cereal, but go by feel in those situations. Get as much in as you can, excuse me, but don't feel overly full. That's not going to help. And we talked about tactics. All right, 
This was a long episode. Um, you know what? Maybe comment. I try to keep these shorter for the sake of it's just me talking about a lot of different topics. I know some of you hate the really short episodes. I haven't had time to do those as much. I've been consistent with the Mondays and Wednesdays, Pros Olympians World Tour, bike radio, and whatever. Got some golf balls from my dad from uh, people shanking them into the woods. And um, let me know what you think of these. If they're longer, is that better? Is that worse? And hit me up on what you want for the YouTube community. We will do that. I think some gear, I don't know if people want a free kit if they do the highest tier content wise though. Let me know what you're thinking. What do you subscribe to on other channels? The goal here is not to make more money. All this goes back into getting better equipment, get having more people help us to distribute everything. There's just only so much that us as the coaches, myself, Landry, Tom, those guys do the heaviest lifting. Will starting to get his channel going and hopefully he'll have some stuff for the Evoke channel and just trying to get everything out, uh, sharing experience, sharing our wins, sharing our losses. So this is your community and the kits definitely snag one. This jersey is going to be so fire. The shorts are mostly blacks. So you can even, if you just have black shorts and you just want to get a jersey, do that. I tell you though, the LEL shorts that they have are so sick. And if you got the pair last year, if the upgraded straps, I'm finally going base layerless. Shout out to Brian Weisler who gave me crap on Strava for that, being the only person at Dirty Kitten with a base layer on. Maybe I'll talk about that in another episode. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend. Keep sharing it. We love hearing new voices, new faces in the comments. And oh, the last comment. I will answer all your training questions. Um, sometimes now I get questions that's like, hey, I have this race in six weeks. What should I do? That's obviously more called coaching. And that's such a huge question that I can't answer you that on Instagram. These hands don't text well. I can't answer that in a YouTube comment box. What I would recommend, those questions usually tell me you haven't checked out the blog yet that has an insane amount of training resources. Shout out Landry who has contributed a massive amount to that. It's better for you. You're gonna get a more specific answer if you go check out those articles and then circle back to us with a more specific question. The more narrow you get on your own training, the more we can help you get farther down the road. And that is our going back to goal mantra. Thanks for listening. We truly appreciate all of you. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. See ya.